reminds me of a story. Welcome back to the Plus Minus Podcast. This is episode three, and today I am talking to Allie, one of my good friends from Beauty Counter. Allie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I think that this episode, I really just want to have a conversation about clean beauty, why it's important, what kind of got you into it, and how we can kind of help other people become more aware of clean beauty. Perfect. Awesome. So how about we start? Do you want to just tell us about you? Where are you from? How were you raised? Like, what was your lifestyle growing up? Yes. Okay. So we, I'm living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin now, and I've been here for about the past 15 years, but I grew up in Tennessee. My parents are originally from the North, but I was raised predominantly in Memphis, Tennessee. So growing up, my mom, um, she was a school teacher and my dad had a regular nine to five type job and I have a sister who is two years younger than me, who actually now is kind of where I get all of my, um, she's much more has her finger in the pulse than I do. So (laughs) she gives me all the tips about what's popular these days. Um, but so I'm from Memphis. Um, my family and we had a great, we're really close family. We still travel together. My parents visit all the time. My sister now lives in Sweden. So that creates some travel opportunities for us to go over there, but she and I are still really close. And when we were being raised, it, I have a really horrible memory, so this might not be accurate, but I don't have a ton of memories of growing up, but I do remember like from a healthy kind of clean living perspective, when I was in like middle school, high school, it was the whole like zero fat days. So I remember like those wow potato chips and whatever those cookies were that were like not supposed to have any fat in them. So when I was raised, there was this idea of no fat. That was what the predominant... Um, the health craze was. That was what the health craze was. Yeah. And so for me, that was kind of what I was raised on. And my mom always cooked meals. And I remember I always took lunch to school, but I don't remember it necessarily being like it is now. Like it wasn't about clean living. It definitely wasn't about organic. My parents weren't on top of that trend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about, you know, not eating fast food and things like that, about being healthy in the ways that we knew to be healthy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely different than I live my life now. Um, I think... My parents had a big influence on me from like a support standpoint. Like they were always there for me. They're really super supportive of my sister and I. So we were really raised in a really positive, very close family. Nice. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking at you right now and you have sort of this like natural beauty vibe going for you. Like you don't wear a ton of makeup. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you, it's not like when you go to a department store and you look at you know, not everybody, but you know, some women behind the counter and they're totally made up because that's their part. Mm -hmm. You really do represent that sort of holistic beauty standard, that beauty counter and all these other sort of natural, um, you know, cosmetic lines are going for. And so I kind of rewind back to the way that I was raised and my mom was like, (laughs) plucking my eyebrows when I was like 10 (laughs) and like showing me how to put eyeliner on. And I look back at photos and you know, it wasn't all just my mom's influence, but I wore a lot more makeup back then. So did your mom encourage you to kind of No. Yes. You know, my mom was amazing and I think about it. 
she like would let us wear ripped up jeans places like she and that in the south wasn't a thing that people did like mm. people were very put together um bows and dresses and my mom really let me and let us have our own vibe and I don't struggle with it but struggle with it now with my own kids like what would I what do I allow what do I don't allow? so she let me have my own moment but she definitely I don't remember ever having a conversation about makeup with her I don't ever remember doing any kind of like you know today before I came over here my five well seven-year-old now seven-year-old daughter and I did masks and then I painted her nails and we both had our hair up in our turbans because we showered and I don't ever remember doing anything like that with my mom so there wasn't this focus like it just wasn't something we did I mean I don't even remember buying lipstick with her I think it was something I probably did with more of my friends or something mm -hmm. like that so we didn't have I didn't have that at all going on I mean I even I don't even remember if she she was just very much let us, I mean, she was there to guide us. And again, I have a horrible memory, so there could have been more interaction than I'm really remembering, but I don't remember ever having like those kind of conversations. And I for sure used to wear more makeup for like in college and stuff than mm -hmm. I do now. And now like I literally didn't, I just got a shower. I mean, obviously we're on a podcast too, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I always kind of came from this philosophy of, you know, I don't always want to look as good as I can all the time because then you can't ever look better mm. like I have some friends who used to sleep in their makeup in college and they always looked the exact same they like they always look great but like that gets wearing after a while like mm. you never have the opportunity to look better if you always look good so my perspective was more like I'm just going to be myself and then if I have the opportunity to dress up or go on a date or do whatever then I take the time to really put it on I love that I've never really thought of it that way before but that is such a good point like when I go out for dinner with my husband or something that's when I'm going to pop out the red lipstick or right. add some eyeshadow or whatever because you want to look better mm -hmm. than you do and I think that the, there does take a lot of confidence in coming you know or maybe it's not caring about whether people think to be able to go around and not really like put a lot of makeup on and also I mean being comfortable in your own skin and actually having skin that you feel comfortable with has mm -hmm. a lot to do with it too mm -hmm. but yeah I mean I have people you know make comments when I'll see them out and they're like wow you look, you know, like people with no filter. Yeah. You, know, you look really, you know, it's people who see me at the drop off at school in the morning and I know I look completely different, but it's mm -hmm. nice knowing that I can look yeah. better. I can look better. Yeah. You want to see that diversity in a human. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, okay. So you were kind of mentioning how your beauty routine was maybe a little heavier back in the day. What made you decide to kind of shed that or what kind of introduced you to clean beauty? Was it beauty counter? It was beauty counter. And you know, like, again, I don't remember before Beauty Counter, um, I was introduced to it almost six years ago. I couldn't even tell you what I used on my skin. I didn't have a regimen. I know some people I grew up with, their mom took them to like the Estee Lauder counter or the Clinique counter and like got them started in a regimen when they were, you know, old enough. Again, that wasn't, I was definitely probably using Walgreens products. Um, I honestly, even until I heard about Beauty Counter, I probably was still just going to Walgreens or maybe I would go to department stores and pick up a product that I'd read about or something like that, but I definitely didn't have anything I was devoted to. And it wasn't until I saw a video about beauty counter that let me know about the lack of regulation that really changed everything for me. Because at the time I had a two and a four year old and I was making my own organic baby food and I was researching all these organic products to put on them because they were these virgin bodies that had never been touched mm -hmm. by anything before. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything I could to like give them the best. And it was exhausting because there was just so much research to be done. And you know, like, yes, this may be organic, but 
does it work or does it smell funny? And, yeah. you know, I spent all this time. And then when it would come to me, and I think when you become a parent, it is all about your kids to a certain point. Like, then it was like, okay, but mommy needs some shampoo. Mm-hmm. I would just go to Walgreens and I'd pick something up because I thought it's sold on the shelf, which means it must be tested for human health and safety. So maybe it's not organic, but at least it's safe. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that wasn't the case, and mm-hmm. I realized the fact that the U.S. hasn't had any major federal regulations since 1938, mm-hmm. and at the time when I heard about Beauty Counter, um, the U.S. only banned 11 ingredients. We now ban 30, but I realized that the EU bans over 1,400 and Canada bans over 600. It was really eye-opening to me, and I was really pissed off, actually, because here I was doing all this research, spending all this money on what I thought were better products for my kids, and just buying some stuff for myself, and to come to find out that what I was buying for them may not have been as good as I thought it was, and the double whammy of what I was buying for myself wasn't even safe. Okay. I am, like, blown away by what you just told me with, four, what was it, 1,400? 1,400. Those are banned in what European countries? In in the EU. So okay. any country that's part of the EU, they ban over fourteen hundred ingredients. And Canada bans over six hundred. But the United States bans thirty as of right now. And eleven at the time that you had heard right. of Beauty Counter. Right. So they're now trying to kind of be a little So bit- it, it Beauty Counter what we the company Beauty Counter was started by this woman who had a three pronged effect and, and what it, or strategy and one was education. She wanted to educate people because similar to when I found out this information about the lack of regulation, my first thought was why didn't anyone tell me this? Mm-hmm. And then I realized none of my friends and family knew or else they would have shared it with me. And so that was part of the reason I joined the mission was because I realized I had friends and family who were having children or maybe were having problems with infertility or had unexplained illnesses mm-hmm. and they had no idea that the products they were putting on their body, mm-hmm. their skin on their largest organ could be potentially harmful for them. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of it for me, just that people don't know. People assume. Even when I went to D.C. Um, two years ago with Beauty Counter to advocate, we sat down with legislators and their aides, and people have no idea. People in office have no idea that this thing isn't happening. Like Most people just assume. It's a common sense in our mind, it's a common sense thing. Of course, the FDA is regulating you know, what we're putting on our body, but they're not. The rules that go the FDA has for food are so much more stringent than what it has for the personal care industry. That's incredible because arguably it, it, it's going to affect our bodies just as right. much as food does because right. it's topical. You're putting mm-hmm. it on your skin. Right. And the interesting thing, too, about that is, is that there are words that are like organic is highly regulated in the food industry, but it's not really regulated in the personal care industry. The word natural is not regulated in the personal care industry. I mean, there is it's, it's pretty amazing when you find out about this because you just assume, you know, mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is the FDA doesn't really have any power. And it's not I don't think it's any fault of the FDA. It's just that we haven't given them the power that they need. Mm-hmm. The FDA doesn't have the ability to recall products that are proven to be harmful to human health. It's on the company to decide to recall. Whereas, you know, if if there's an E. coli outbreak or something, the FDA can force a recall of like all the romaine or whatever it is. But if there's a product, like there's been several occasions where asbestos has been found in some kids' makeup or the one hair product that was making people's hair fall out, like the FDA had no power to make those companies recall those products. And so the company, if they didn't want to, could have left those products still on the shelf. Wow. So it's just, it's incredible. Why do you think we're so behind in that way? I don't know. It's so interesting to think about. I don't know if it's just people just, 
you know, it's interesting. My sister lives in Sweden and I always talk about she, you know, they're kind of, they seem like they're so far ahead and her perspective on it is that it's just, they never evolved. Whereas we've allowed a lot of things to happen in the United States for like evolution's sake or pro- progress or scientific, whatever over there, they kind of like, this is the way we do it. This is the way we're always going to do it. Well, you see it that way with even medicine. I think, you mm-hmm. know, you, you well, arguably we're all misdiagnosed or overdiagnosed with what, whether it's, you know, ADHD medication right, or whatever it might be where you go to, you know, other countries and they're like, just eat well, right. you know, sleep and drink water and their health is so much better. I know my mom was just over in Sweden and she was trying to get medicine for something. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you, you don't, you know, you don't have a virus and you don't have a fever, so we're not going to give you anything. So like they don't, you're right. They don't diagnose. It's, it's really interesting. And it's, you know, when I first heard this, I'm like, we should all move to Europe. I'm going to move to Europe and it's going to be <laughs> safe, but it's not the case because the EU actually doesn't ban all the ingredients. It still should. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's not a perfect place, but they're at least far beyond us, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of company. Beauty counter is one of the people or one of the companies leading the way to try to push for more regulation. And the CEO of our company was recently asked to testify before Congress with the EWG, which is the environmental working group, um, and the FDA to talk to Congress of the specific group about the lack of regulation. And so they're, they want to make progress. They're now becoming more aware of what's happening. Um, it's just, the progress is probably going to be slower than we want. You know, we want them to review ingredients. You know, we're asking them to review, I think it's either five to 10 ingredients a year to allow, to say if they're safe or not. We want them to have the ability to recall products if they're harmful. So it's just, it's, it's a hard uphill battle, but beauty counter. And we actually started a, it's called the counteract coalition. So it's beauty counter along with other clean beauty brands coming together Mm -hmm. to work together to push for this regulation. So working on it on a federal level and a state level. That's amazing. What Mm -hmm. other companies are joining that? Oh gosh, I knew you should, um, (laughs) smaller. I'm trying to think if the names of some of them, I can, I can definitely get them to you at a different point. They're Mm -hmm. smaller companies, mostly based, I think out of California. Okay. Brands you would know, of course, but I don't want to misspeak and say someone's in there or not. Yeah, that's fair. But so, okay. As you know, the plus minus approach is all about starting to kind of eliminate what's not working right now. And then to add what is working in your life. Where would you suggest somebody starts? Like what should they, what are like the biggest no-nos and what are the biggest yes? Okay. Yeah. I can definitely help with the no-nos. So (laughs) I know it can be overwhelming, the idea of transitioning to a cleaner lifestyle. And here I am almost six years later and I'm still finding things that I have been mistakenly using. I mean, it's, I I should know better, but I just take for granted. So it's, it's progress, not perfection is what we like to say. So just Mm -hmm. any kind of progress. But the one place to really, a really good place to start is to look at the ingredients that you're using, and if the word fragrance or parfum is listed in, in the mm-hmm. ingredients, mm-hmm. that is a huge red flag. So that is a loophole that's left over from 1938 when fragrance actually was just fragrance and they considered it a proprietary ingredient. But nowadays, um, companies use that to hide a host of ingredients. So you see the word fragrance and you, in your mind, think, oh, it's an essential oil, or it's what, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's anywhere from tens to hundreds of ingredients hidden within that label. So that's another thing that we're pushing for from a regulation standpoint is to get rid of that loophole. Because as of right now, the front of the product could say no phthalates, um, sodium lauryl sulfate free, all these things. But if it has the word fragrance on the back, they could be hiding those ingredients actually in there. So that's the first place to start. Okay. So looking at your ingredients or looking at the ingredients of what you're planning to purchase. And if that word fragrance or perfume is there, that's kind of a red flag that you don't want to go there. Okay. Um, I would say another thing that's really helpful is 
like the Environmental Working Group is a third-party nonprofit, and they have an app that's really wonderful. It's called the Healthy Living app, and you can actually scan the barcodes of, I think it's over 40,000 products. The only catch is that companies have to submit their products for the review, so not everything is in there. Mm-hmm. But I have spent 45 minutes in a Walgreens going down the aisle scanning things, and it's amazing. So it basically gives you a rating from 0 to 10 um, on level of toxicity, mm-hmm. and then it also breaks it down um, to show with you like why it got such a high rating. So a lot of it might be because fragrance is an ingredient. And so mm-hmm. because they don't know what that means, they're going to give it a higher score. Mm-hmm. But that's a really easy way to start too, is to either download that app and start scanning the products you have at home or when you're shopping, start scanning the products. Okay. I've also heard of the Think Dirty app. So I have not used Think Dirty as much, so I can't speak to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of work with um, Environmental Working Group. That's one of our third-party party nonprofits. So mm-hmm. we actually... The Environmental Working Group has started an Environmental Working Group verified um, level because I think they have they have these different levels of certifications and environmental EWG verified is something they're giving to companies that not only have um, products that are safer but also the environmental practices behind what they're creating um, are backed up as well. So Beauty Counter has several products that are if you go on Environmental Working Group and look they have that verified app on them. Okay. That is so interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay, so avoid fragrance. Avoid fragrance and then scan your products. Um, And then I would say the other thing is, you know, you don't, not everyone can afford to throw all their products out once they learn this information, you Mm -hmm. know, so starting with the products, starting switching with the products that stay in your skin the longest. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry so much about, um, well, I don't know, like a face wash versus a lotion. You know, Mm -hmm. a lotion you're putting on your body with the intent that it's supposed to stay on your body. A face wash is something you're putting on and rinsing off. So if you're looking to start with something, look for the things that are going to stay on your body the longest. That makes sense. Start switching. Okay. That's a great idea. I love that. Um, what are your favorite clean beauty brands? I know beauty counter. of course. Oh, so my sister makes fun of me too, because like literally it's all I use. Yeah. Um, what does your sister use then? Okay. So she lives in Sweden. So yeah. she is able to have access to a lot of products that are, um, more cleaner, more clean by nature. Yeah. Um, but no, so I've used drunk elephant. So before mm-hmm. we came out with a really great peel, I was using the drunk elephant peel. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that let me think she, what does she use? I'm not sure, but you know what? At like Sephora and at some and at Target now, they do have these cleaner beauty sections. Yeah, I see. There's clean at Sephora now. Right. Yeah. So you can go. Like I know when she came to town, we went to Sephora and she wanted to look at all, like, get samples of all the newer products and stuff like that. So um, you can go to those stores now, and there are products in there that are more clean. But the thing that you have to be careful about is greenwashing, which happens all over these days. Companies that you know put leaves and flowers on the front of their products and they they say you know the organic word is in the name but it's actually there's nothing organic in it so you just have to be careful and and that's kind of why besides the fact that beauty counter creates everything that i would need i it just for me to go outside of that it just requires too much research it requires too much for me to have to really look into like okay this company says it's safer but is it let me go online and see is it actually safer what are the ingredients let me check these ingredients against you know beauty counters never list Mm-hmm. Which is so the never list at beauty counter is now over seventeen hundred ingredients that we would never use in any of our products. And honestly, for me, it just makes it so much easier to have one company that I can go to that mm-hmm. I know is doing everything. Yeah, so I, that's I why like I tend to stick with it because I just 
I just, it requires too much work for me to go outside. Yeah. And they have a lot of great products. Where can you buy them besides like a representative like yourself? So beauty counter is really amazing. The woman who started it, she realized that, you know, she had the opportunity to put beauty counter in a retail store, but she realized that retail as we know it is kind of dying, dying. Yeah. So she knew that people want to buy products when and where they want to buy them. So you can buy beauty counter online with a consultant. You can buy beauty counter online without a consultant. Mm -hmm. Um, we have partners. So we actually have some products in goop pop-up shops. Mm -hmm. We've had um, products in J crew. We actually, I think it was like in 2018, 2017, we did a partnership with target and we had a full collection of smaller size products. We were the first green booty brand that they partnered with. Um, but we also have pop-up stores. So we have one in New York right now on Prince street. We have one in Denver in the dairy block. We always do one in Nantucket in the summer. Um, and I think we're looking to do a couple more. So there's multiple ways that you can buy beauty counter. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I have seen them on the Goop website actually. Yeah. When they did a, they Goop did a pop-up in Chicago and it was fun. I went in there and they had a couple of our products in there too. Oh, fun. The kids line, I think. And then our do skin. I love Goop. I know it's the best. Um, okay. What is your personal beauty philosophy? It's so interesting. I guess I don't, you know, it's so funny to think of myself having a personal beauty philosophy. Yeah. Um, but I guess now thinking about it from my daughter's standpoint, I just, I think being really comfortable in your own skin is really important. So I think starting from, I think it's really easy to get excited about makeup because when you put makeup on, you can look great right away. Yeah. But I think what's really important to focus on is your skin and the health of your skin. I mean, I think we all... Either we watched the Super Bowl halftime show or we didn't, but we saw how great Shakira and JLo look. And yes, there may have been procedures involved in there. And yes, they may have gotten, you know, whatever it is, but the quality of their skin mm -hmm. cannot be denied. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't necessarily fix that with surgery, you right. know, so they're using, they're not just using a cleanser and going to bed at night. Like mm -hmm. they are using products that actually work and mm -hmm. help the health of their skin. So I think that skincare is the most important place to start because if you feel comfortable with your skin, it affects everything. You know, being able to leave the house with no makeup on, that, that's your self-confidence and that makes you feel comfortable. I mean, I think we can all remember being in high school and having breakouts and just like, even now when you have, you know, just not really wanting people to see it or, you know, moving your hair over a little bit so that it's not as noticeable. So I think starting with your skin is the most important thing. And I find that I'm not surprised anymore doing what I've been doing for almost six years, how many people actually don't take care of their skin who either don't wash their face at night or never take their makeup off. Like it's not surprising to me anymore, but I would say like for me and for my daughter, as she's getting older, mm -hmm. um, and my son, even like, I really want to impress upon them the importance of taking care of their skin, cleaning it, moisturizing it so that they can have self-confidence, but also just have a really great place to start. Yeah. I mean, it just reminds me of my husband and I kind of wish that he was here for this right now, but he just started to invest in his skincare and it's like crazy to me. Like why are men dismissing it and women are more involved in it? I mean, I started using, I mean, now it's, I kind of frown upon it, but my mom introduced me to like Clinique and mm -hmm. things like that when I was a young girl. Mm -hmm. And I think I started using their like moisture surge or whatever when I was 10, but just the idea of caring for my skin has always been part of my life. Right. And you're right. It's for boys. It's not, it's like bar soap on your face. Mm -hmm. I have one client whose husband's more into skincare than the wife and it's, I love it. But yeah, my husband, he's doesn't have a skincare regimen either. And so that's why when I look at my son, who's nine, he can't, I'm not having him wash his face with water and soap. I mean, I don't think that he could get that together, but I do have these makeup wipes that are actual face cleaners that I have him use just so it, I just want him to know that he should start taking care of his skin. So he will be the boy who grows up taking care of his skin. Like when he goes to college, he'll be taking his face wash and his lotion with him and he's going to have excellent skin. I love it. That's great. Okay. 
Um, just to kind of wrap this up, what materials or what, what do you think that people can start reading or listening to, whether it's a podcast or a documentary, just to kind of get more educated on this? So I think there's, it's interesting when I learned about the lack of regulation six, almost six years ago, there was no, nobody was really talking about it. Like it, it wasn't mainstream, I guess there were people who were talking about it, but it wasn't mainstream. And now I feel like Anytime I'm on Facebook or anytime I'm like reading a magazine, there's conversation around this idea of safer beauty and there are new brands every day coming around. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a documentary that's out. I think it's on Netflix. It's called toxic beauty and it's really eye opening about basically everything we've been talking about or everything I learned six years ago about the importance of what you put on your skin. I mean, there've been studies that have shown that, you know, girls who, I think there's a study in California of these teenage girls who stopped using um, products with parabens and phthalates for like three days and then they got tested before and after and the levels of those ingredients in their bloodstream had dropped. Mm -hmm. So the good news is it's, it's, you can reverse it. You know, the good news is, is that if you start now and you start changing some of the things that you're doing, like you can absolutely get those products and those ingredients out of your body. Mm -hmm. But I think toxic beauty is a really interesting documentary, um, to start on. I listen, you know, when I listen to podcasts, I definitely listen to goop. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they don't always have, you know, necessarily clean beauty topics, but they all, they usually have something related to the idea of clean living. And so I find that's a really great resource for myself too. And honestly, it's just, sometimes it's just what I find on Facebook. Like I have, obviously I have a community of women that I work with that are constantly posting things that are really interesting and educational from that aspect. Um, I think not, uh, there's a book out there too. And I have to remember the name. I think it's not just a pretty face or something like that. And it talks about the makeup industry and beauty and how, it's all the things you didn't know and it'll, it's really eye opening too. Okay. But what we, I mean, we always say at beauty counter, like once you know better, you can do better. So mm -hmm. once you learn this information, it's kind of something you can't unknow. And then once you know it, then you can make small choices and changes that can, you know, improve the clean, clean beauty nature or the clean lifestyle that you're going towards. Okay. I love it. Okay. Now I just want to do Five really fast questions. Ooh, to answer. Okay. Okay. Wait. Like first thing that comes to mind. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Um. It'll be like this or that. Okay. Okay. Mascara or lipstick. Mascara. Coffee or tea. Tea. Wine or beer. Beer. Day or night. Day. Black or white. Black. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Allie, for being here with me today. Um, if anybody is interested in reaching out to Allie, do you want to share your information? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, you can find me at, um, www.beautycounter.com slash Allie Schwabel, which is difficult. S C H W E B E L. Um, or you can email me at a 22 at gmail.com or just get a hold of Megan and she'll figure out a way to get to me. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks so much. And we will see you back for episode four.